I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club. Instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of bringing an all-star from the Halo sector and in life, Chuck Getchell. Going to talk about his investment and his creation of Rallyo. We're going to talk about how you should do things slowly and properly to build a business. Talk about how frustrations is what we're solving, not coming up with just ideas, and how to build a business that you will get valued properly when you want to sell it. So, Chuck, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. Pete, it's great to be on, man. Appreciate having me. So, you want to just talk about a little bit of your background um, from a standpoint of where you started from, how you kept kind of pivoting to different ideas as you saw opportunities uh, to solve problems and uh, what kind of riff from there. Yeah, yeah. So um, my whole my whole journey has been about solving problems. I, I, I said, what do you do for a living? I go, I solve problems. I mean, that's what I've said for you, right? So, um, so the originally just not going back too far, but, um, say, um, around 2010, I was running a small digital marketing agency and, uh, around 2011, 12, the internet started getting hyper local. Uh, that's when local Google pages, local Facebook pages, even Yelp came around local Yelp pages. And, uh, we we're like, oh man, um, we got a problem because all these pages were, were blank, right? All the customers right. were on there talking, but none of the brands were managing them. And we're supposed to be creating content as an agency. Uh, and suddenly a, a business got a thousand locations. We got to create a thousand unique versions of this piece of content. There's no technology out there. So that's what led to Rally. We got to create a piece of technology that would help us, you know, in our operations to, to, to meet that. So when you take a look at, you know, franchisors versus franchisees, yeah. um, you know, and brand control versus yep. brand power, obviously there's a lot of frustrations to solve. Yes. Uh, in that relationship, you know, Gold's Gym, we worked with uh, back in 1999. They had a very tight Dropbox, if you will. I don't know what it was called at the time. Probably yeah. just a file that right. had, here's your four logos that you're allowed to use. Here's your pictures you're allowed to use. Yeah. And don't put anything else up there or we're going to come down with a hammer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. how have you seen or how have you been, you know, kind of facilitating the use of brand in technology that, can't wait a week, you know, to get approval. Right. Well, that, there you go. The first part is the approval, right? So having the logos, that's fine. But the reality is the franchisee says, but what about this one? All right. And so the next thing you know, they got to go through this long approval process, too slow, doesn't work. So they say, well, I'd rather get slapped on the hand and just do it myself because the process is too slow. 
So the first thing we did is create technology to create a bridge between the two parties. Click of a button, they can communicate. And believe it or not, that just didn't really exist before. Like you said, there isn't Dropboxes or various things that were just slow and cumbersome. And so we sped up the process just number one through the ability to communicate on a platform. Got it. So the, the next question related to the franchisor and the franchisee is the franchisee thinks the franchisor should pay for something or it should come out of the ad fund. The uh-huh. franchisor says, no, that's your local marketing budget. So how have you helped educate people that this is how we're going to solve that? And this is the formula, if you will, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, to all truth be told, when we're in the franchising community, we, we, which is where we live most of the time, we, we always talk about the fact that um, we're, we're really in the relationship business between the franchisor and the franchisee. And if we talk to the franchisor, we say, our number one job is to help you get yelled at last by your franchises. Like, that's right. literally what we're trying to do, right? And when we talk to the franchisees, we're like, hey, listen, we're trying to keep you uh, you know, empowered and we're trying to keep you creative. But we're still trying to utilize the power of the brand behind you, right? You're, the whole reason you bought into this whole franchise concept sure. is you weren't a one-man show on some island somewhere. So don't do that. Let's bring you into the fold and show you the power of all this working together. So um, that th- is kind of a, you know, the basic platform. What's kind of gotten down to the basic platform typically comes out of the ad fund. And that's, uh, that's, that's very um, a- appealing even to the franchisees because, I mean, they're constantly saying, you know, how does that, you know, how does that Super Bowl ad drive people into my store, right? I don't get how you're using those funds. So here they get a platform that they can hold in their hand. They can see it and they're like, okay, I like that use of it. So that's typically where it starts. And then all the upsells, all the additional things um, comes out of the local marketing budget of the franchise. Got it. So I want to lead with a story and then you could you know, take it from there. Um, a friend of mine started up a company, had a great software. Uh, educated the market on how to use it, uh, but would never want to manage it on their behalf because he doesn't want to be in the content business or the relationship business of actually uploading campaigns. Um, at the same time, that's an inhibitor to mm-hmm. his growth. So how do you think about being a software company? And you might not care. I want to be a software company. I want to be a marketing agency. I want to be both, you know, or do I just want to be a SaaS company? Uh, right. And here's like the the platform and you use it how you want. How do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. That's a huge question. Really, really pointed because, uh, look, I think any of us in the software business want to be pure SaaS, right? Just We're right. just pure SaaS. Here's our brilliant product. Use it away. And, um, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm on the beach just collecting my monthly, you know. Yeah, like five or ten times revenue. Right. <laughs> right. That's what we want. The reality is 90% of the people aren't going to press the button. What I do, the easy button is there. All you got to do is press the button. I'm, I'm not going to press the button. So there lies the rub, right? How do we make the, that happen? And uh, for us, um, we found that early on, what we had to do is we had to create a small agency component um, just for that purpose, just so that we helped adoption. We had to do two main things well. One is we created a whole slew of permissions so that the experience for the franchisee could be different from franchisee to franchisee. Um, one wants to be totally hands-on. The other wants everything automated. We had to make it so that it wasn't a one-size-fits-all platform um, so that the adoption rate would be as high as it could possibly be. So that was the first thing we did, right? Second thing is we did create a small agency component. Um, a lot of franchisees just flat out aren't going to do it. 
whatever right. it is. They just aren't to do it. So we had to say, hey, we can step in and do it for them. And that to the franchisor was a huge win. Right now we got whole blank, blank to blinds. Everybody's engaged. And even if you kind of stepping in on, on that back. Um, I will say, we can talk about this later, but we uh, have been deep in the AI part to replace ourselves with AI uh, to do it. And, and that's been brilliant. So when you, when you talk about the ad agency component, is that charged or is that, hey, look, I'm not even going to bother with that because the franchisor is going to get their royalty. I'm making enough money on my SaaS. It's just a way to push the product out there and make sure it's sticky. Yeah, yeah, it's it's charged, but it's it's not uh, the value of that that revenue isn't the same as the value of our SaaS revenue, right? We know that, sure. so we're not trying to build a business on that revenue, but we are co- looking to cover costs and have some margin. So, um, and, and and so we push that only to the point that we can build up the SaaS revenue by having a successful client. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault, and what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away t-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa and outside of the club and outside of the spa to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. So when you take a look at the industries that you serve, we started to look at doing deals on our investment banking side. I need $3 million of EBITDA, or I don't think I'm going to sell something. One is too small, but they just don't have a management team and depth to basically get a deal done. You know, whether it's due diligence, whether it's a you know, financial model, whether it's understanding their business. So when you look at a franchisor, like let's say Planet as an example, or Orange Theory, you've got private equity in there. You've got managers and uh, a, a team that has a CMO. They've got a CFO. They've got a CIO. You know, those people are probably all over the product where other franchisees are like, I'll get to this at 11 o'clock at night, you know, when I'm done fighting the other fires. Right. Um, so, so when you take on a client uh, in the future or, or currently, do you kind of say, look, what's the probability of them actually optimizing their business? Because I don't actually want to take them on because it's going to cause us to feel like, we're not winning, right. uh, but it's not really us. It's just like a client selection issue. So how do you think about that, you know, as an as a owner of a business? Well, the first thing we like to do is define success, right? So when we're sitting down there, we may think that, hey, if we don't see this movement, then they're not going to be happy, but that's in our own head, right? So <laughs> it sounds so obvious, but each client has a dramatically different definition of what success is. Uh, so when we sit down and we say, hey, look, um, six months down the road, a year down the road, how do we know that we're killing it together, right? We'll, we'll tell us what a perfect vision for you would be like, oh man, it's amazing. And we'll get things everywhere from, well, we want a triple engagement. We want more foot traffic coming to the store from online to other people just saying, we just want to have visibility to a little brand. 
We, we have right. no idea what our online reputation is as a whole. We don't know what people are saying or what they're posting out there. We just want to have total clarity and visibility so we have better compliance. So it goes from one extreme all the way to the other. And once we define that, then it's easier to say, okay, then let's figure out how to measure that. And then let's create a national plan. And, and do, you, do you actually document that so you can go back and say, yeah. you, know, you know, hey, do you, you think you wanted to get 3x leads? Actually, let me take out the uh, compliance discussion that we had. Um, and we right. definitely found that for you. Well, and, and it's not, will they change the pivot of their de definition of success? It's, it's, it's when will they change it? Cause they will change it. So you come back and say, Hey, we're happy to redefine the success. We just want to let you know, we did crush it together with the original definition. So now we have a new definition. Let's go crush it again. Got it. So you're in the franchising business. Talk about how your multi-level marketing, uh, experience from the past. And yeah. it seemed like it was on a rocket ship and then. You know, there are certain things that happened, which should have happened to most multi-level marketing companies at some point, how that's kind of helped you frame how to think about a distributed network and yeah. how to think about sales and compliance and marketing and who's part of the, the network. It, 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 it's, a, it's a duplicate parallel universes. It's been amazing. So in, in that world, the same thing happens. Corporate is trying to build the brand. They're trying to grow and they're trying to deal with all these affiliates or, or network marketer or whatever you want to call it, independent business owners. The business owner says, I'm an independent business owner. I own my own business. Uh, I can do and say whatever I want to do and say, hey, this cures cancer. Oh, God. You know, so all of a sudden. So they have the same issues that a franchisor and a franchisee have. And so understanding having 20 years in that other industry and understanding those relationships and saying, okay, look, we got to win together. So how do we win together? And what are the what are the challenges? How do I keep all these 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 independent business owners uh, in line, um, but feeling empowered and reverse, right? How do I stay compliant with corporate and not, and look at them as big brother, but I actually is the big brand that's empowering? Right. So you know, as you as you think about all these other software companies that are doing the billing, they might be doing uh, the corporate intranet. Obviously, you probably get pinged every day. We got an API with this company. We got an API with this company. We're going to share data back and forth. Yeah. Um, every company that I work with on the software side says they own the data, and you can only have it for you know a certain period of time. How much is that? How much of what you guys do is important to API versus look? This is kind of independent, and you can feed it into these systems, but it kind of operates on it on its own effectively. We have a literally from uh, one extreme to the other. We have a, we have many, many brands that just literally single sign on and a click a button and now you're in our platform and we live on our own. And that works really well for a lot of brands. Other brands uh, really like to have a, another layer of data where they say, hey, if, if uh, organic social is engaging this much better, how do our ads perform? Do they perform better? Is there a correlation? Is, is there a correlation between uh, SEO local rankings and our organic engagement? Can we have correlation to that data? And so uh, we want to see those correlations. And so we do those types of things, which has been very fascinating as well. So it really depends on the brand. Got it. So obviously over the last year, you know, the term AI, artificial intelligence uh, <clears throat> with Microsoft and NVIDIA, NVIDIA you know, racing on their, on their stock price. People talk, it's an $800 billion opportunity. Um, what I said at a, at a, treat, at a, a panel uh, six months ago to a lot of software and, and entrepreneurs and uh, executives in the space, I said, you might want to think about that you can't really have artificial intelligence 
until you have some intelligence. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I said, go find out what these members' motivations are. Find yeah. out who they're friends with on LinkedIn. You know, the front desk person at a studio checks someone in, they go into class for 45 minutes, and they go on their phone. Why not go on their LinkedIn? Go on their Facebook. Figure out who these people are. Is there a wedding coming up? You know, are they trying to lose a, a weight? Is there somebody in their family going through some kind of, you know, crisis or, you know, fighting cancer? And then what motivates you? No one ever asked me, like, what motivates me? What motivates me is I want to actually get yelled at like I used to in ninth grade by Coach Kowalski. Because he said to me one thing. He said, the day I don't yell at you is the day I think you don't have any more potential. And that stuck with me. That's right. The second thing is that I used to have to wear elastic jeans when I was 12 because I took change from my dad's change bin and I bought a lot of uh, things from the ice cream truck, which was like Fun Dip, you know, uh, Twizzlers, Big League Chill. So if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Pete, are we going back to Sears, to the Husky department, or are we not? Right. That's right. motivate me to get into class. Yeah. So how do you think about intelligence that's being gathered, the artificial intelligence that you're doing on your own, and when's the industry going to catch up to understand that we got to ask the right questions and actually get that in there so you can use it? Yeah, there's a lot of legs to that question, man. Uh, I'll tell you, we can go in a lot of different directions, but... Um, it, you decide which one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just trying to say. So I got, I got so many different angles I could go with this. I, I'll tell you, um, I'll just tell you the, where we started with this whole AI stuff. Maybe, maybe that would be helpful because... Um, what we what we started doing was internal use of AI to replicate our own operations. I, I think that was the safest place, right? Because we're like, look, we're already doing this stuff manually. We figured out this is the best process we possibly could do. How can we replicate it with AI? And and that was really where we started, just for our own internal operations. From there, we started branching out to to the franchisees. What was really interesting is the same answer to all the franchisees. I know this doesn't go exactly along the lines of your data collection stuff, but this is how we used it originally, was after surveying literally tens of thousands of franchisee customers, um, the number one complaint they said about social was they don't know what to post. They don't know what to post because they didn't grow up with social media and they're going to look stupid and their kids are going to make fun of them. <laughs> if so, mm, okay. their solution was, I just won't post anything, which is like, well, how's that working for you, right? Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. So, uh, so we said, well, so if somebody created content for you, yes, but the problem is it's too expensive. I don't want to hire people. We're heading into a recession. So like that's the wrong time to be expanding on organic social content creation, which is hard to measure, blah, blah, blah. So we said, okay, what if we had an AI that learned your voice, learned your brand, learned everything about you, learned what your target is, your message, what, what you're trying to achieve and literally wrote the content for it. Would that well. be interesting? And that. Of course. And so that's literally what we launched. So now every day they wake up, they log in a rally and they look and there's a new piece of content sitting there created all completely by AI for them. They go and edit it. Any, it. Are there any photos or videos that they're, that you're accessing from a club as an example, a restaurant or. Yeah. So eating well, with the AI. Yep. It, it, uh, so what we have is an employee advocacy component where they, they, the, all the trainers and anybody can have an app and take pictures and, of clients and different folks and upload them into the database. The AI scans them, figures out what it is, and then uses that in post, creates captions based on top performing previous captions. So it knows things that tend to work and what your brand's voice is and creates a bunch of draft posts for you to look at and go, yeah, I like that. that that's pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> it's a new world. You know, yeah, especially given the, 
the frustrations in trying to hire, you know, a director of marketing uh, right. or a copywriter or a content, you know, editor or finding an ad agency that's kind of a black hole. You don't really know what's going on. And now you're feeding it directly into the software, which is the engine, uh, instead of the two sitting up, you know, you in the party. So, so we can take a, we could take a, a video of the CEO giving a message of the brand saying, hey, here's the vision. Here's where we're going. Transcribe that, feed that into our own learning model. AI. And uh, so it knows where it's trying to go. Then take all the past content that's performed really well, put that into the AI. And then the AI is like, okay, I got it. I got the message. I got the voice. I got where, what works. And I'm going to crank it out now when you have a thousand different locations, all hiring different agencies with different voices, that's gone. Now the AI is pumping out a similar voice, a similar message for all the franchisees that just tweaked a little bit on their own. It creates a much more aligned brand message. Crazy. And, and for people that are not familiar with, and I'm asking this question so much for yeah. myself, the AI generation, is that your own tool or is that an open source or you license that? How does that work for you? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a combination, right? So we have a partnership with OpenAI, uh, kind of like ChatGPT is a product of OpenAI, uh, but we build our own learning model. They call them LLM. So we build that internally so that we house all of the data ourselves. And so the first place it goes to look for, like if somebody types in, write a post about um, our new uh, fitness program, and they can put a link to their webpage. And the AI will then create a post out of that. But first place it'll go is it'll look in our own AI model that we've built and we've submitted all the information on to see if it can find answers or data there first, and then only works with OpenAI to craft the actual final post. So it's a combination. Yeah. So, so for any private equity groups, or venture capital firms that are thinking about AI. If you're running the AI, you're not really running marketing, you know, placements or content pieces. There's basically an engine that you have inside of this car that you're controlling the car and it's hard to take the engine out or the battery out. That's right. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's accurate. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, it's just how quickly that engine is improved from a two-cylinder right, to, to now a V12. Amazing. It's amazing what it can do. It's amazing. I just uh, created my own LLM, I, a little mini me where I uploaded my books and I'm talking to myself, just seeing how accurate I with me. It's really weird. This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, higherdose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology. LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code, and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating, and the recovery should be just as good as the workout. So switching over to one other uh, area, 
as we close out here, but I, I feel like I should talk to you for several hours and we can take little tidbits out of it. Um, some of the things you, you, you talk about that I've seen is about hiring people that go to extremes, that hiring people that make you laugh. I think you have something I read about a barista that made all you guys laugh and you're like, hey, let's just bring this guy on board instead of That's him right. working at Starbucks and us going to get coffee and, and chuckling. Um, yep. so, so what do you do to either, do you have like um, an AI, if you will, to diagnose, hey, these are the types of people. Are they pulling certain things from the resume? Like I'm, I was the intramural athlete of the year in 1993, not extreme, but you know, you've got Sahara runs, you've got people that are you know, doing some pretty crazy hella skiing. Um, yeah. So how do you diagnose that and say, hey, this is a fit? I love that question. And, 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 and congrats on the award, right? See, so you're, you're the kind of guy. Probably that, build that in, baby. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was fantastic. You, you've, you've recognized the fact that you're an achiever. You, you love being yelled at you by your coach, which reminded me of Mark Spitz when he was cussing and swearing at his coach. And, I, and the guy who was interviewing him and said, why don't you get a new coach? And he goes, if my coach doesn't make me cuss and swear once in a while, then I need a new coach, right? Like, like it was exactly the same mindset. So I want people on this team that are extreme in one way or another, like you. You like getting yelled at by your coach and you perform. You do something crazy. The Starbucks guy, by the way, who still is working here, if you go on our app, you can pick a personality or tone. He wants sarcastic. You want funny. The app will talk to you in that language. That's all him. Just because life's too damn short uh, to not have fun. So I want an app that says, you, hey, you know, you're being an idiot. Post something today. You haven't done anything. You know, like maybe that's my style or whatever. So we pick people that are extreme in any area of their life because if they are, they could get, if they get the vision of our company, they're going to go all out. They're going to go all out because now they're not working for a paycheck. I can teach the skills. I just can't teach passion, right? They got to right. come to the table with passion. So I'm just looking, have you been passionate at all in anything in your life? Uh, wow. If so, bring it here. Catch this vision. Do you see the vision? If you don't see the vision, go find something that you see the vision. If you see this vision, then I want you to attach that crazy passion to yours and let's do something absolutely unbelievable. I mean, even our silly mugs here, um, it says, don't be bored, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? That's what lights so, it up. So it, it seems like if I was working in your company, I want to be around those people every day. I don't want to be on a Zoom call with them. Yes. Um, so, so do you say, hey, look, there's a remote, you know, work you know, trend going on, but that's just not who we are. Or do you say, Hey, look, you know, I'll go with that, but you got to be extreme at all times. And I need to see you. Yeah. Not, you know, like audio only on a, on a zoom. <laughs> yeah. We, we do say no audio only on zooms, by the way, we want to see face to face, but we do have an office. We brought everybody back and it wasn't yeah. art because everybody wanted to be back. Just like yeah, you said, sure. the energy was like, do you want to sit on your bed with a pillow and type on a laptop? And, and is that going to pull the best out of you? I don't think so. So we do have some remote team members They're They got their months, right? Live. So we can all see, um, but we like, and everybody else likes to be together because when, you know, you put a bunch of fire together and, and something's going to happen. Yeah. So, so the last question, you know, either as a quote or, you know, as a, uh, as a sign off here, how do you define success? Because you've got extreme personal success. You've got family success. You've got business success. You're not going to get every franchisor in the world to use Rallyo. However, you know, you're denting. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you could, you know, in, in a private place to a memo. Um, but the point is like, you've got different buckets. Yeah. So if I was coming to you and saying, or you said to your, 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 your younger self 25 years ago, say, this is what you should think about. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're all going to leave 
the same way, right? So at the end of the day, we're, we're all we're all going to be done. So my definition of success is: Am I making a difference? That's the that's the end of the day. And so if everything that I do is making a difference, so why do I do run across the Sahara Desert in six days? Is that because I I just have this affinity for hot and sand? Like no, it's because if I can run across the desert for six days in a race, then you could probably get off your couch and go to the gym for one day, right? Like so I, I use if it can it be used to make a difference in people's lives. And if so, then it's something that I should, is worthy of and I'm going to go after it, and that's how I define my success. How many ways have I done something that's making a difference in somebody else's life? Later. All right. Well, that makes sound, that's it. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, you, you live in the passion and you're being a role model and that's what we need. And, uh, you know, the, the AI component of this, I think is super interesting from so many different levels because once we can nail what people want, yeah. that we can cater to their motivations. Um, and that's kind of where the engine's going. So it was great yeah. talking to you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person. And, uh, you know, keep keep rocking the world, it seems like, to me, and bring on Extreme. I love Extreme. So you've got a whole, you know, army of them. Right on, TD. You're fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. That's fun.